Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. He's a phenomenal in what he's doing, but I don't like when people, when they have a, they, some kind of status and they go in and they do politics at the same time what they're doing. I mean, do what you're good at, the category you do. I play football because I'm the best in playing football. I don't do politics. If I would be a political politician, I would do politics. That is the first mistake people do when they become famous and they come in a certain st uh, status. Stay out of it. They just do what you're best at because it doesn't look good. Oof. That is Latin Abrahamovic. Famous soccer player um, from Sweden. Uh, he, he's one of the more well-known names. And listen, he, he has a skill set by far. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. Um, but he's also known for his personality. The guy says what he wants. Um, he's had all these kind of crazy quotes and things like that. I remember back when I was in college and I would be playing FIFA. Um, you know, he, he played on Barcelona. And, like, I remember playing – because I didn't really follow soccer that much in college per se – But I remember, like, playing Barcelona. Like, Barcelona was, like, the team that you never got to play with because they were, like, ungodly good. Uh, they had, you know, Messi at the time as well. But I remember he was on the team as well. Uh, and, like, every time you picked him, he's the guy's, like, 6'5". It wasn't even fair to play with that team, especially him scoring all the goals back in college on FIFA. But that, those were his comments uh, towards LeBron James, you know, and two – superstar athletes. Now, I get a lot of people don't know who Zlatan is over here in the States because it's soccer, and, you know, soccer's on the way up, but a lot of people don't follow it religiously like they do in Europe and overseas, but that's still a quote that carries a lot of weight, and we're going to get to that in a second, but Kuz, I know we got some comments here I want to address real quick before we forget about them. Um, I think on YouTube, people had some questions and some comments about what I was, what I've been saying today. Yeah, so uh, going back... Um Diesel Dad commented and said, <laughs> oh, I, like that. <laughs> I feel if anyone can manage the media and not let it be truly distracting, it's Meyer and company. Yeah, I mean, listen, the I don't say, yeah, I mean, the, the drama, the, the spotlight, it's followed Meyer since he was at Florida, right? And I think for lack of a better word, whether there may have been distractions, whether there may have been um, a lot of things going on, he still won football games. And even when he left Ohio State, you know, and once again, controversy, but when Day took over, they still won football games. So I agree with that comment for sure. Uh, Michael says 19 teams have 15 mil or less in cap space. We have 15 mil more than the Jets. Trevor on a rookie deal with Urban's knowledge of the next couple draft classes. Push the chips in and go for it now. As in... I just guess okay. go for it. Go to win it all. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yep, you better believe it. Hey, listen, anytime you have a rookie quarterback, I, I'm, I'm at quarter, like that rookie quarterback contract, it's an advantage, right? The Chiefs had it. Um, I think the Seahawks back, had it when they were successful. Uh, it means a lot because as soon as you got to ante up for that quarterback, man, you got to pay, if you're Russell Wilson, you know, the the six digits, or I should say six, but, you know, over $100 million, um, it could set your team back a little bit. So then there was kind of a conversation about wide receivers. Yeah. Uh, Jacob said that we have too many wide receivers right now. And then there became a conversation about how they believe Chark isn't a one. He's a good two. But Jacob's response to that was we haven't seen Chark with a QB one yet. Yeah. Listen, 
you can never have too many wide receivers. All right, that's the best problem to have. Ask Aaron Rodgers what you know. I mean, if he had too many wide receivers, how he would be doing right now? Right. Because essentially he's got nothing. I think. Listen, you have a lot of, and I'm gonna have to see some from this. You know, I'm like, listen, Colin Johnson, could he be good? Absolutely. Lavisca Chenault, can he be great? Absolutely. DJ Chark, can he be a Pro Bowler again? Absolutely, but like I say those answers, but there is some. Well, we'll see. You know, like there's not there's not a lot of certainty. Let's just say so. There is some wide receiver depth, but here's the best part about going to training camp right now with the very deep wide receiver room. The cream will rise to the top. You're you're gonna find out out of that group of guys who are all you know they all kind of specialize in their one thing or they're all good at one thing. You're gonna find out who's gonna make the final pull, who's gonna make the final roster. And I think if you even cultivate that with another free agent like a Chris Godwin, like an Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, one of those, you know, quote-unquote one receivers, if you will, well, then, then man, you put them on a new stratosphere. Now it's going to cost you $20 million a year, and I get, like, that's that's a lot of money for a wide receiver, but I'm just saying I would rather have too many wide receivers than not enough wide receivers. And the last comment is about MMA. Are you going to say these names? I'm not going to say the names. I assume you said it was uh, so starts with an M. Well, so yeah. So Brent asked. He said, "I know it's not April, Austin, but who do you have Wait, is this, in?" Is this Brent Martino? Brent E. Ah, uh, might be his his might, burner account. Might be a burner. But it says, "Who do you got in this blank rematch?" I'm not even going to try to butcher these names. Yeah, I'm, I'm on YouTube right now. I'm looking it up. So we got Stipe Miocic and Francis Ngannou. This is a great question, I would everybody. Have not gotten that. This is a great question. So Stipe Miocic is one of the most underrated, under-talked-about fighters in the entire UFC. He's the heavyweight champion. He's the baddest man on the planet. And I feel like he doesn't get his just due. And maybe even more crazy than that, Kuz, of being the baddest man on the planet, he's also like, I think he's a full-time firefighter in Cleveland, which is insane that he can balance that on top of fighting at the highest of levels. Now, I'm balancing working a morning show, working a sports show, and fighting myself, but what he's doing is a different animal. I, I don't get it twisted, especially like the, the physical demands that being a firefighter um, takes. I have no idea how he does it. But anyways, he is the world champion right now. And a few fights ago, he beat a guy by the name of Francis Ngannou. Francis Ngannou was the hype train. He was the guy that was supposed to take the heavyweight division by storm. He has devastating knockout power, maybe one of the hardest punchers in UFC history. He takes on Stipe Miocic. Miocic, he, he, he fights a smart fight, takes Nganu down, gasses him out, and wins a decision. A very hard-fought decision. What happens in the rematch here in the next couple months? I love Stipe Miocic, and it seems like whenever I doubt Stipe Miocic, he proves me wrong. But I think right now Francis Ngannou is a different animal. I think I saw him go against one of the UFC legends in Cain Velasquez, arguably one of the greatest heavyweights of all time, one of the greatest uh, you know UFC wrestlers of all time, and I saw him tap the back of Cain Velasquez's head, and Cain went to sleep. Uh, I think Francis Ngannou is on a different level now than when he fought Stipe Miocic the first time. I think that Ngannou obviously has been working on his wrestling, I think Ngannou has been working on his striking, and he's made it a habit of training at the U- the UFCPI, which is the UFC Performance Institute. 
And there, basically, it's like, you know, it's a bunch of um, professionals, like in, whether it's nutrition, uh, cardio, striking, like they have all the schematics, they have all the science backed by it. And it's really, literally, it's open to any UFC fighter that wants to take advantage of it. And the mistake I think Francis Ngannou made the first time is he didn't take advantage of it. He relied on his coaches that he's known his entire life. And it is what it is. He didn't win the fight. But this time, it seems like he's got the whole UFC behind him. So it pains me to go against Stipe Miocic because I'm a fan. Like I said, that guy doesn't get his just due. And I feel like his story should be told all over the place. But I feel like right now, Francis Ngannou is surging. He's the next big thing, and I think he gets it done against Stipe Miocic. Now, if you talk to me a week before the fight, who knows? I might change my mind, but what I've seen from Nganu having that one-punch knockout power, and Stipe has been hitting the pass a little bit, I just feel like it's going to be an Nganu's night. But like I said, talk to me in a couple weeks, and I might change my mind. And that's actually a great segue real quick before we get back into this Latin uh Abrahamovich, and then you got, you know, LeBron James of those comments. UFC fights this weekend uh, at the UFC Apex in Las Vegas. Saturday, I think it starts at 6 o'clock here. Uh, a heavyweight main event. Rosenstruck taking on Cyril Gagne. Now, one thing, though, about and I said Gagne. I made that mistake. It's gone. Sorry, because it's G-A-N-E, and I think of Eric Gagne, but it's gone. But the interesting thing about this fight is, Whoever wins this one could be in title contention as well. Rosenstruck took on Francis Ngannou, got pieced up, got knocked out, uh, is back with vengeance now. He actually put away Junior Dos Santos, a legend uh, at the UFC heavyweight division, taking on the, the kind of a hype beast in himself in Cyril Ghosn. Cyril Ghosn, if he had an Achilles heel, it's the wrestling. The problem, though, with Rosenstruck is he doesn't wrestle. He strikes. So this is going to be a a high-class striking-on-striking matchup, which is always good for the heavyweight division. But it's going to be two different styles. It's going to be the boxing, the the power of Rosenstruck taking on Cyril Gaon, who's known for his kickboxing, who's known for more of a finesse, his athleticism, things like that. This is going to be a great fight. It's going to be a barn burner. Check out your local listings. You know what I say, folks, but you don't want to miss this one. I think it's going to be on ESPN, but definitely on the ESPN Plus app. And, Coos, don't worry. I'll send you uh, the password to get in because you were complaining yesterday how you don't have the ESPN uh, Plus password, which is – I can't believe you don't have that. How were you not included on that email is what I want to know. I don't know. He may, I may have been and just forgot it. That could be very well as well. So let's get back to it, though. Uh, you know, what I was teasing a little bit. Zlatan Abrahamovic calling out LeBron James and essentially saying what I think it was Laura Ingram said a couple years ago, just shut up and play your sport. And listen, it's hard to get super passionate on this topic without getting political, right? Because this one always goes back to politics, and I don't want to go there, especially on a Friday. I feel like the show's going well. Um, and I don't want to take the car off the road the last 40 minutes of the show and get all political about it. But this needs to be addressed because this, this is an issue. And I, I don't get where Zlatan's coming from. Like, Listen, here's what I think about freedom of speech. I think anybody has the right to say whatever the heck they want. Professional athletes, people at an insurance firm, bankers, any job, you can say whatever you want to say. 
But you better believe what you say will come with consequences. You better believe what you say will be checked and receipts will be pulled. It's as simple as that. And it's not like I don't think LeBron James is so Democratic where it's like, I got to get these Republicans out of office. I got to get these Republicans out of here. I, I grew up in a blue state. And I'm, I'm going to be Democratic to the No, like the, it's not like there's some political ploy here from LeBron James. What LeBron James is doing is doing what he was taught since he was a little kid. And I don't know LeBron James personally, but I think we've all been there. If you see something wrong, you speak up about it. If you're passionate about something, you speak up about it. All right? You use your platform the best you can. That's what LeBron James is doing. All right? He's not making, in my opinion, a Democratic and Republican type of thing. Because you log on Facebook, you log on Twitter, you see a lot of that. Right? It's like being back in high school and everyone's got their side. And you better pick a side. You can't be on the fence in this one. So you better pick a side. I don't see that from LeBron James. I see LeBron James speaking out on what he thinks is right. Politics aside. And everybody should do that. What? Just because the guy plays basketball? Just because the guy makes millions of dollars? That means that he can't speak out on it? But if you work a minimum job at a grocery store, you have more right to speak out about that stuff than LeBron James does? How does that make sense? I remember like I remember last year Drew Brees. Remember Drew Brees had his whole thing about kneeling for the flag. And he said how he was against it. And then he kind of changed his tune a little bit because his teammates were upset with him. And then Drew Brees came around and actually was a, a big ally, obviously, uh, you know, with, with the whole racial injustice movement. And, and the players respected him for it. When Drew Brees came out and said, you know, he doesn't agree with the, with the national anthem, you know, players kneeling for the national anthem, I wasn't mad at Drew Brees because he spoke his opinion. I wasn't mad at Drew Brees because he tried to make it political. I was mad at Drew Brees because I didn't agree with him, okay? I was mad at Drew Brees because I think felt like he wasn't seeing the big picture. I have a right to be mad about that. I, have a, I, I was mad at what Drew Brees said, not the fact that, hey, he has every right to say it. Like, I, I respect that, okay? I, I get that. But then he was checked, and you know he's probably a better person for it. So when a, a world influencer, you know, Probably the biggest sport in the world in terms of football, you know, in terms of soccer, as they call it, football, comes out and says, just shut up and dribble. You aren't helping the cause. Now, listen, I don't know Zlatan Abrahamovich's life. Like, I'm sure, uh, you know, I, I'm sure he grew up rough too. You know, what I mean, I, I don't know what goes down in Sweden. I'll tell you the truth. I'm, I'm, I got family in Norway. I, I don't know how Sweden gets down. But like, he's a, he's a household name. And like I feel like guys should be lifting each other up. Now, if you don't agree with them, that's great, man. Then state your case. Say why you don't agree with them. That's cool. That's what this country's all about. You speak your piece. If you don't agree with it, speak up. Now, sometimes you get checked. Sometimes you get called out. Sometimes you get canceled. But you still have the right to speak up. But don't be like Zlatan and say, well, you know, you can't say anything. Shut your mouth and play basketball. What, what good is that doing? What, what good has that done anybody? Just shut your mouth and play basketball. Okay. And listen, I know there's a bunch of people right now listening that are disagreeing with me that are saying, listen, he should shut up and play basketball. Okay. And I get ratings are probably down because of all the of the movement going on, and that's fine. You know? But I think LeBron James is dating back to what he learned as a kid. It's what I learned as a kid. I think it's what a lot of us learned as a kid. And it's to speak up for what you believe in. 
right? If you see something wrong, speak up. That's what LeBron James is doing. Simple as that. He's not trying to cause waves and, and I think, call people out. I think he's trying to inspire people. Now, you may see differently than I do, and that's fine. You know, everyone's got their opinion, right? Like, it, it, it wouldn't be very American of me if I said that you can't disagree with LeBron James. You absolutely can disagree with LeBron James. And I'm all for people speaking their piece, whether I agree with it or not. But what I can't tolerate, and this is, you know, obviously from a, a guy who only spent five years in the NFL who didn't really amount to a lot, but, you know, who's been around players, who's covered players now at his new job and everything like that, I think that every person has a right to speak up and state their piece. And to those people that, you know, that state the wrong thing, well, then that's on you. But I'm not going to be mad at anybody for standing up for what they believe in, whether it's right or wrong, and speaking their piece. That's what's so great about this country. And Zlatan, you know, I mean, he, he's played in the MLS. He's played in the States, so he should understand this. Everybody has a right to say whatever they want, man. All right? That's what makes this country so great. So instead of, you know, ripping down and questioning and, and putting your, your peers uh, of the highest caliber in a bad light, understand them. Learn to understand them. Go ahead and argue with them if you want to. But use your voice, man. Zlatan Ibrahimovic has used his voice before. I, I've seen quotes where he spoke out against world hunger and things like that. And I didn't see one person when Zlatan Ibrahimovic spoke about world hunger saying, well, you better be quiet and play soccer. Shut your mouth. No, nah, man. Because you're doing what you believe is right. So don't hate on somebody else because they're doing what they believe is right. It's what it means to be an American. It's what it means to forget the countries. It's what it means to be a human. Support being a human. More on ESPN 690 when we get back. Brent Martineau. But we could really take this show off the rails if we wanted to go all, like, half politics, half sports. Austin Lane. I mean, have you been on Twitter lately? That's, do, you, do you want 100000 extra $100,000? Do you want a scholarship? Let's go. Politics <laughs> when we get back here. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The biggest question is what does Dak Prescott want? Here's the thing. Everybody's like, oh, my gosh, you, you talk like Dak Prescott's a bum. No, I don't. I talk like Dak Prescott is a good quarterback. I have never said anything other than Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. I want somebody, whether it's either of you two, Molly, someone at home, to tell me when Dak has, like, been great, when he's elevated. Because, Stephen, A., you point the win-loss record in the stats. Absolutely. When your quarterback's cheap, you can spend a lot of money elsewhere. That helps the quarterback play well. It helps you win games. All right. You may be trying to throw me off here, but I'm going to go with my gut because nobody else has to defend himself more. Talking about quarterbacks and Dan Orlowski. Is this it? Are we talking two Dan Orlowski quotes in one day? Oh, yeah. Come on, baby. Who's what? Am I at four for four? I think so. Oh, let's go. Or, or three and a half for four. Oh, that's a good point, right? Yeah, because yeah, I, yeah, I feel, I still feel bad about that. I'm, I'm gonna learn her name, man. I gotta make that a, a thing. Uh, it drives me crazy when people can't pronounce names, right? I mean, we work in the sports business; we should probably learn how to do it, right? So I'm gonna take my own advice and learn her name, and I'll get back to you, Coos. And the next time I say it, it'll be better. Promise. Uh, let's go to the the comments a little bit quick, and I, I got a tweet too that listen, stream and, chat, 
Stream chat. Sorry, but I got something on Twitter too. I got to get to. But yeah, stream chat. Is that sponsored yet? Do we have to call it stream chat? I understand. No, that you, I just call it stream you, chat because you made the label for it, well, and that's and I, and I respect well, that. Well, it's it's also like a streamer thing, right? Like if yeah. you're streaming video games, you talk about the stream chat, the yep. chat. You know, I, I got you. I they got call you. it the chat. They like they won't even say like. Like, what do you guys think? It'll be like, what does chat, what does chat think? You know, like they'll, they'll okay. talk about chat like it's a person. Now, I'll be honest, I would feel better with it if we had our Twitch account back. But or we still Twitch. What, what's the one that we Mixer. got? Mixer, but Mixer's yeah. gone. Oh, it's gone for good. Mixer's like gone, gone. Like they folded. Yeah. Like, like, like if you had stock in it, RIP. Like, like it, yeah, like they were gone. What they're happened? Just, they're just done. What happened? I don't know. I think okay. they decided they didn't want to do it that, anymore. That, that was the, the ninja one, right? Ninja, ninja was moved doing to that, it, and then, and then they then... bailed, and so he was owed a lot of money. Gotcha. Okay. Well, with that being said, I got a tweet here from, let's see, at TJ the Greek 12 and here's what he says about the whole Slatin LeBron thing. It's good conversation. He says, the problem with LeBron is that he's criticizing other people's freedom of speech and can't handle it when he is criticized. Respect is earned, not given. He has lost any he earned. He needs to allow others to talk. Breeze criticized by LeBron was BS. I probably couldn't. shouldn't have said that last part because I got yelled at for saying that before. But with that being said, um, Tim, listen, man, I see where you're coming from. And like, if you just listen to what I said, I I have no problems with with the freedom of speech, none at all. My issue with Latin is the fact that he's telling athletes to be quiet. When Drew Brees said his stuff, I didn't agree with it wholeheartedly, but I never once said on the show that Drew Brees needs to shut his mouth. Like, I'm for anybody saying what they think is right. All right, like even like the whole if you want to get like you know on a different wavelength, let's talk about Gina Carano. What, what she did. You know, obviously she got canned from, from Disney. And once again, I don't get political or anything, but like when Gina Carano tweeted her stuff, that I deleted, uh, did, did I agree with it? Absolutely not. But never once did I go, she's got to be quiet. She, you, you got to shut your mouth. No. Like, say what you want to say. Now it's going to come with repercussions and consequences. And that's part about being an adult. But say what you want to say. Like, that's where my problem is. Don't ever tell someone not to say something that they don't believe in. Like, that's that's where I draw the line. Now, once again, and I can't stress this enough, it could be a bad person. And they and they may say something really messed up, but then they will be dealt with accordingly. The universe will correct itself. So I'm not worried about that. I'm just saying, Tim, I don't appreciate Zlatan saying you got to be quiet and play basketball. Don't silence anybody, man. Everyone should have the right to have a voice. Anything else cruising the streams? Well, we had an interesting comment <laughs> regarding my co-host, and is it infatuation? Because I'm not on YouTube right now. Did they use the term infatuation? Infatuation was the word used. All right, so can you give me the, give me the whole phrase here and tell me who this is from. Uh, Matthew. I, I hope I pronounced the last name. You're gonna right. screw it up. I know Redick. you are. Okay. I, I hope that's right. All right. Can we please address <laughs> Brent's if? Infatuation with Pat is it certain? Sir, Sir Patrick certain. Certain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick certain yeah. and trading up to get him. No way. Watch the Florida tape and see him against NFL receivers. Yeah. Listen, I'll let Brent Martino defend himself on Patrick certain. Um. I I like actually Patrick certain. I think he's going to be a heck of a player. Now, would I draft him in the first round? Nope. No, absolutely not, because it's the cornerback position. You just got C.J. Henderson. Let's give him a chance, everybody, right? And I feel like if you – like, listen, Sertan's going to be a first-round pick. 
the games that I saw, I mean, and listen, let's be honest, defense last year was lacking all around. And I think that guy brought the, the Florida Gators um, game where he got burned a couple times. I think he's going to be a good press corner. I think he's got good size. He's, he's got all the attributes to be a good cornerback in the league. Now, does he struggle with bigger receivers sometimes? Yes, he does. And, you know, that's got to be adjusted, and, and that's fine. But I don't need to see a cornerback take him in the first round. I really don't. I understand that it could be a need going forward, but I'm all set. Because I see Patrick Sertan, and may, listen, he might be the next Jalen Ramsey for all we know. But all I know right now is there's a lot more needs than the cornerback position in that first round. So to tell you the truth, I'm not worried about him, but I'll let Brent Martineau speak his piece when it's here because the people want to know. Kuz, I think we got a game, or I don't want to call it a game. Do we have that set up here, or do you want me to kind of reset the show a little bit first? No, we can play it here. It's just essentially I, I grabbed a bunch of audio. I was going to play it, and then you can react to it however you want to react to it. Now, do I have to guess who this audio is, or we're just going to not? You can if you want. It's going to be hard, though? Uh, yeah, it's more just a kind of rapid-fire topics type like thing. It. Yeah, it's good. Just some rapid-fire random topics. Okay, so this one uh, is actually a few people from the uh, the TNT halftime show okay. yesterday. Monk is his last name. What is his first name? Oh, my gosh. Eli Monk. Eli Monk. No, it's, it would be Malik. Oh, Malik Monk. Change the name of this bad. game, too. What is mama name yeah. him? Eli Monk. What is mama name him? This one should be a little more up your alley. Okay. Uh, he's number two in field goal percentage. He's number seven in blocks. His last name is Holmes. His first name is... Sherlock. What up? What up, Holmes? John. <laughs> Rishon Holmes. Oh, oh that was real close. John you the tip of your tongue. Okay. Oh, here we move. This is a youngster. Oh, Lord. Plays Come in on. the big city of New York oh, for the Knicks. He's having Come a great, he's having a great year. year. Number seven right behind LaMelo. Yes. Number seven in free throw. Right behind LaMelo. He's, he's the second best rookie in the league. His last name is Quickly. His first name is... They don't like playing rookies up there. Gerard. Gerard <laughs> quickly. No, it's, it's so close. Uh, it's Emmanuel quickly. Emmanuel. See, this is <laughs> that's awesome. This is the genius of that. Ha- I assume it was during the halftime show of TNT, right? It was. Yeah, yeah. And, and, it, and it goes on for probably another five minutes. And, and I'm sure they, they missed He doesn't all. get one name right. Yeah. So this is Shaquille O'Neal trying to name. Oh, it was it was, it was and Charles too, right? It was Barkley and yeah, but Shaq. it was mostly Shaq yeah. who just. I yeah. mean. You would think you cover the NBA. You would think you could get their is, first because, name. Like this is why it's the ultimate halftime show. This is why they win so many Emmys. Is because they don't get those names. Like <laughs> because the resume speaks for their itself. You yeah. know, like one is Shaquille O'Neal, who has how many championships? Who really redefined the center position of a generation? The other, the other is the long mound rebound and Charles Barkley. Like these guys, their names carry everything. Right now. Mm-hmm. If they get the rookies' names wrong, or if they get, you know, popular players' names wrong, so be it. But I'll be honest, like when they were saying those names, and that was Ernie, obviously. Yes, yes. When Ernie was saying the names, I didn't know any of them either. Yeah. So like that show is so great because it's like you're at a bar, and you're hanging out with them, and you're just kind of, you know, shooting the, you know what with them. Like mm-hmm. you're just hanging out, and like that to me is what a halftime show should be like. It's different. It's contrarian, and everybody can relate to it. So. 
I love the NBA halftime show. Like, actually, like, I, I found myself watching more NBA games just to watch the halftime show. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so here's another one. This one uh, from Greeny. Analytics are like playing blackjack. If you play 100 hands, then you can come as close as possible to tilting the odds in your favor by playing right, by hitting on 16 against a face card and all the rest of that. But you will lose multiple times doing that, mm -hmm. and you go into it knowing it. There is room for taking into account in these circumstances... The analytics don't really apply. Ooh. Well, you know how I feel about analytics, Goose. Right. I think when everybody goes left, you should go right. I think that if you can have some points on the board, you take those points on the board. All that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I do like the comparison by Greeny saying that it's kind of like counting cards, essentially, of, of playing in blackjack and, you know, beating the house. But once again, the only and I get what he's trying to say, but here's the thing: those are cards, right? And like the, the history has shown us that there's been a lot of blackjack counters that have won a lot of money because they are that skilled, because there's really no emotion in it. Like it's it's an exact science. The problem with analytics in sports, and more specifically football, is the fact that you try to make it an exact science. But you don't have, and what do you call, I was going to say something really cool, and then I, I lost it. What do you call, okay, Kuz, like a quadratic, you don't know what quadratic formulas. Uh, oh, no, 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 <laughs> let's say, okay, let's say that you're in science class, and like you're going to do an experiment. What do you call like what like the things that are going in the experiment? Like the, the not, variables? The variables, Kuz. Oh, I got you. Kuz, exactly. So let's go ahead and reset real quick. So, because this is going to be like the sound bite to end right, of the show. Right, this will be the clip. I'm trying to sound important. <laughs> so the problem with analytics when it comes to professional sports, and more specifically football, it's the fact that people want to make it an exact science. People want to say, if you do this, this is going to happen. And the game of football, it's not an exact science. Because sometimes there's... And I forgot what's the what you, variable. God, the variable. The variable. I'm gonna say criteria. <laughs> and take three. <laughs> no. So sometimes you want to make an exact science professional sports with like football. But with that being said, you don't take into account the variables. And the variables of this exact science of analytics are emotion, their game flow. That's something that you don't have in blackjack. That's something that you don't have in a lab when you write this stuff on a chalkboard. There's a little more human humanization to it, if you will. There's emotion. There's there's uh, a vibe, if you will. So, yeah, you know how I feel about analytics. I think analytics are great for prepping for an opponent, and, and, and they tell you what you need to know. But to put your whole – to bet the house, let's just say, to prove Greeny's point, on analytics – I would rather go with experience and game flow over what science tells me. All right, deal. So next one is that, I felt so bad about that one. Like <laughs> I had a chance for it to be great, and swing, I, you know what? I just I, I I blew it. Yep. Uh, all right. So this is an interview with Quentin Williams um, uh, talking about Sam Darnold. Quentin, Your quarterback gotcha. has been in the news. A lot of it is out of his control. You tell me, what is Sam Darnold as an NFL quarterback? Uh, just like he's out of his control, he's out of my control. But, man, I feel like Sam Darnold is a great leader, man, a great athlete, a great player. 
and make some amazing throws, some amazing um, decisions when he got the ball in his hands, man. So um, I'm excited for whatever happens. So, Huh. Did he say a whole lot of nothing there? Yeah, I mean, listen, I think – Quinn is the guy that sneezed and then he, he blessed himself, I believe, right? So like, he's always, <laughs> he did. He like he sneezed, he goes, bless me or bless you. Um, so here's the thing, and I found myself doing this even when I was playing in Chicago because I got asked about Jay Cutler a lot. And like, listen, Jay Cutler might be one of the most um, misunderstood players in the entire like in NFL history, mm-hmm. right? But like, it's the quarterback position, man, and like. I'm not sure what New York's going to do going forward. I'm not sure if they trade Sam Darnold away. I'm not sure if they go after Zach Wilson. We'll see what happens. But, like, as of now, and Quinton Williams gets this, and Quinton Williams is a great teammate. Sam Darnold's the quarterback. Come hell or high water right now, Sam Darnold's a general. Mm -hmm. And you never sell your general down the river. You always have his back. Because when you go to battle, you want that dude to have your back, and you have his back. But the second he's gone. But, oh, listen. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) Second, second, second. Quentin Williams gets traded, or Sam Darnold's gone. Yeah, I mean, the floodgates can go. This guy was seeing ghosts. What are we talking about? <laughs> like all that stuff. But as it sits right now, and listen, I honestly, Kuz, and I know we make fun of the New York media and all this stuff, and you know we kind of go back and forth with them. I honestly feel like Sam Darnold hasn't got a fair shake in the NFL. Um, you know, I think the whole seeing ghosts comment was kind of taken out of proportion yeah, a little yeah. bit. Um, and heck, man, I was the first one to rag on him. The guy got mono. Like, who who gets right. mono anymore? Right. I talked about it before. I mean, we had like, we had this girl in my, my second grade class. She got mono, and like, we didn't see her for like five months. You know, and like, it's just who gets mono when you're a grown man? I don't know. It's crazy. So, I want to see Sam Donald with a full deck. I want to see Sam Donald with a good coach and Robert Sala, some good receivers, a decent running game. And let's see what the kid can do. Because so many times in the NFL, and I'm guilty of this as well, we see a guy for two or three years with nothing to use at his disposal, and we say, this guy sucks. But, like, we don't give him a fair shake. Let's see Sam Sam Darnold get a fair shake, and then let's see what happens. So for the last audio clip here, I'll give you your choice. You can hear from Bart Scott talking about Dak. Okay. Mina Kimes talking about Russell Wilson. Or would you like to hear Jeff Van Gundy talking about the Knicks? Oh, man. You know what? She's been a friend of the show. She said that I asked her the weirdest question she's ever heard. Let's go to our girl, Mina Kimes, talking about the Seahawks and Russell Wilson. He has complained about getting sacked a lot. Some of that is on Wilson because of the style of play. But uh, I think he's accurate in blaming the Seahawks for, at times, lack of protection. They have not invested a ton of money in the offensive line outside of trading for Dwayne Brown. The left tackle is quite good. And when they have drafted players, it's mostly not worked out. So I think his frustration there is warranted. And in my mind, if Seattle really wanted to move things over, that's where I would start. Let's go to Stan Van Gundy talking about the Knicks. Because, listen, I, I said all that she said, Kuz, did I not? I mean, <laughs> you, you got to show up the offensive. Well, then tell me that, man. Well, listen, I, I thought did, she had something good. To, I mean, I, no disrespect to no, her. No, no. She said, I mean, she said something great, right? Right. Because I said the exact same thing. But in in my defense, I haven't listened to these either. Oh, I'm I got hearing you. them for the first time, too. I got you. The only thing I know is that they didn't curse. <laughs> <laughs> 
which is the most important thing. Yeah, all right. All right, let's get one more Stan Van Gundy. Now we're going to overtime. Jeff, Jeff Van Gundy. Sorry, Jeff Van Gundy. I get him confused. Can't we just enjoy some success? <laughs> like, do we have to, like, say they're not championship caliber? I mean, Michael's absolutely right. They're not championship caliber, but they've been bad for a long period of time. So there is no skipping of steps. You don't go from bad to championship caliber. So I think what they've done really well is – They've got depth. They've done a good job with the draft with Quickly, and Randall's playing as a really, really good player. And then Thibodeau's influence on their defensive approach and intensity uh, has been phenomenal. They are really hard to score on. They're 16 and 17. Yeah. They've lost more games than they won. But the, for the Knicks, that's well, good. I know. The Knicks, I know. I mean, it's not like they're the Pistons, 16, 9 and 23 right 16 now. 16 wins for the Knicks. I I know. <laughs> I and mean, b- before the All Star game is unheard of for them right now. Listen, but but it's rare. I get it. But I Hit kind of liked it. what he said there. If you take it out of him talking specifically about basketball, when he said you don't go from bad to championship contender, yeah, because that's something we're gonna have to keep in mind for the Jags, right? Like they're not they're not gonna be in the Super Bowl next year, are they? Probably not. Now you're gonna okay. Make a lot of people upset, but no, right, probably but, not. But but that's what I'm saying is like the you're, expectations you have, to have to be realistic. Yeah, I mean we're we're listen, and the the NBA fandom is is basking in the glory right now of the New York Knicks being halfway decent. Never thought we'd see the T- day. Tomorrow they play the Pacers. I believe they don't have a game tonight, so tomorrow they play the Pacers. They could be 500. Yes. And I'll tell you right now, ESPN will run with that. Now it's not going to beat up the Zion Williamson coverage of leading it the leading store. Okay. It might honestly. Okay. It will be Knicks are five. Knicks are 500 again or something like that. Well, like it'll be a whole thing. So here's the crazy thing. I'm looking at the standings, and we'll quick, quick uh, go to break here. So like I said, I don't really care about the records, right? Because as long as you make the playoffs, like you, right. you could have success. But like I see, to, so I see the Knicks right now. They're number six in the East, sixteen and seventeen, tied with the Raptors, for, who are sixteen and seventeen a, as well. For a team like the Knicks, in my opinion, seeding does matter because true, you're a young true, team, true, and then you can hang your hat on that. And if you're a young team with the team that you have, and you say you end the season in third place yeah. in the East, then stars are going to be wanting to come to you. But here's what I'm kind of, I got skeptical eyes. Let's just say because maybe the record does mean something here. Okay. I'm seeing the Boston Celtics right now Struggling. under the New York Knicks. Struggling. They're 15 and 17. Struggling. And right underneath the Celtics at 15 and 17, good for 10th place in the East, are the Miami Heat. Yeah. Are you worried about those two teams? Because keep in mind, this is the Boston Celtics team who's no, supposed to be I'm, one of the toasts of the East and also the Miami Heat team who went to the finals last year. There's a lot going on. Uh, Jimmy Butler was dealing with some stuff in terms of injuries, and, and the Celtics are going through a lot right now. And I think if you're the Knicks, you're looking at that like, well, these teams should turn it around. So if you're being a realistic Knicks fan, you're probably going, okay, those guys are probably going to pass us if if they play the way they're supposed to yeah. and things do bounce back, then we should realistically be expecting those guys to pass us. Now, that doesn't mean they can't still be in the playoffs, obviously. They're, they're in fifth place right now. So I think as long as they hold on to fifth, maybe sixth, if they drop a little bit, they could get up to fourth, like, I, you know. I think for the Knicks, this is a huge moment for them because it is the, you know, one of the biggest cities, and there's going to be a draw to them. And if they're making the playoffs with the staff they have, then stars are going to want to come. Driving Dish Podcast, everybody check it out. Hey, real quick, we have some breaking news coming out of Jacksonville University. 
Um, Athletic Director Alex Ricker Gilbert has announced that it's unfortunate, and I quote, it's unfortunate that this group won't be able to compete for a championship, something every single student athlete drives to achieve. I know this community will rally around the student athletes and support them through this difficult time. And while we may not make up for losing out this opportunity, I hope it gives these young men and their families some relief knowing that our top priority is their health and well-being. The Jacksonville men's basketball team will not be competing in the A-Sun tournament, and obviously that, that leaves them out of the NCAA tournament due to COVID-19 protocols and results. So that's a little breaking news here for everybody. The, the Jackson or the JU Dolphins uh, will not be playing in the A-Sun. This is the men's basketball team. Will not be playing in the A-Sun championship. And obviously their basketball season, I believe, now is done. That is straight from the athletic director, Alex Ricker Gilbert. We put a ball on the show and we get back here on ESPN 690. All right, man. Let's finish this thing off in style, Coos. A couple minutes left here. I saw Brent tweeted this. There's like some kind of national cornhole tournament going on right now. It's the... Do you know what's going on? He's that bored on vacation already? I guess so. It's the... Johnson... It, hey, it's the Open, it's called. It's it's the board... And the you know, board is B-O-A-R-D, oh, men, yeah. cornhole league. It's the board men open. At the at Jacksonville, it looks like dude, there's like a hundred teams playing. He's got pictures of. That's insane. There's yeah. there's vendors, cornhole vendors. I have been trying to pitch a cornhole tournament here to this building to yeah. like do because I'm so convinced I'm good at cornhole. Well, and and this leads me to the question, and we're gonna end the show on this. Obscure sports. What is your obscure sports coups, and what was your best performance? Hit me with it and let go. As somebody that is a former ultimate frisbee. Performer, yep. Break athlete. it up. Break it up. I uh, can jam. Have you ever I'm played sorry? can jam? No, no. Oh, so I, I, it's I essentially cornhole, but with frisbees. Okay. So it's two trash cans, but there's like a, a slot in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. the idea is you throw the frisbee. You have teammates on both sides. Yeah. And you try to hit it. It's worth two points if you hit it. Okay. If your teammate hits it in the top, it's three. Yeah. And if it goes in the middle, you automatically win. Okay. So can jam's my move. We, we had a game where you put a two like you put poles. So it's, it's four people, right? Uh, it's, it's you try to hit the water bottle. Yeah, but yeah. Well, no, it's, it's a beer Similar bottle. To that. Well, it's a beer bottle. Who's playing with water bottles? Like, okay. Where are you I was from? Making it kid friendly. Oh, sorry. Oh, we're water bottles. We're, we're Capri Suns. Hey, right. my my best obscure sports performance. Do you call beer pong a sport? Oh yeah. So when I was in college, I was at a certain. I'm not going to say who it was because I'm not going to rat anybody out. But it was the daughter of a GM, and it wasn't in Jacksonville. It has nothing to do with the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it was a daughter of a GM. She had a giant party when her family was out of town. And me and my, do, uh, me and my friend uh, went 18-0 and 0 in beer pong. It was the – don't call us a dynasty. It was the greatest run of all time, and I'll be honest with you. Like, I'm, I'm good. I'm not that good, but we went 18-0 and 0 that night. It was a huge match, and it was a fun time, man, back in college. So that so that's kind of like my obscure sports claim to fame, if you want to call beer pong a sport, or you can call it Capri Sung Pong for all the kids out there as well. Hey, it's been a heck of a week. I've had quite the workload, but Coos, appreciate you having my back, being my spotter. Let's do it again. Let's do it again on Monday, though. Give me the weekend to relax a little bit, recharge my batteries. I think Brent Martin will be back here on Tuesday. Y'all have a great weekend. Uh, stay safe. Stay casual. Coos and I, we're out. Peace.